Welcome to Healing Lives with Corey Gilbert, a podcast sponsored by the Healing Lives Center. Discover how to love and lead your family well and biblically. God created sex, marriage, and the family for our stewardship, growth, and benefit. My heart and passion is to teach, train, educate, and disciple Christians that want strong marriages and families. The Healing Life Center has been serving Christians since the year 2000. Its mission is to be a center for sex, trauma, and marriage education and transformation, where we offer counseling, coaching, courses, and speaking services to you, your church, or ministry. Check us out at HealingLives.com. Welcome back. We're looking at Lost in Transnation, a child psychiatrist's guide out of the madness by Dr. Miriam Grossman, a critical read. And for those that are not um, gonna, gonna read it or have the time to read it, I'm doing this. Uh, we're kind of reading through parts of it. This is chapter 13, the final chapter, and then we'll look at the conclusion. And this is gonna give you a lot of what you need to know in terms of what you need to do as parents. So the example here is you're having dinner and your son or your daughter decides to drop that bombshell of, I am uh, a, not a boy, not a girl, transgender, pansexual, some other label. And what do you do? How do you react? And so here's what Dr. Grossman says. Here's what I tell them, so the parents, when they're in this situation, they don't have to give in. And they don't have to lose their child either. So I explain to those parents what I've been saying to you, what they're being told by their pediatricians, gender therapists, guidance counselors, the APA, Joe Biden, and the Admiral, that the only effective treatment is giving their child what he or she demands, uh, that there's a medical consensus, it isn't true. There is no consensus, and there's no high-quality evidence that living life as the opposite sex provides long-term improvement in mental health. There are clear data, however, demonstrating that a high price is paid physically and emotionally for the process called medical transition. So note that. There is another option in dealing with a young person. So that's critical. I can't provide the results of long-term studies because the current group of patients, the rogued that um, rapid onset, is new and distinct from previous ones, and no one knows how things will um, look 10 or 15 years down the line. But from my own practice and from speaking to other therapists and detransitioners, from reading and watching online accounts, and perhaps most of all, from my common sense and experience as a psychiatrist, love that, I am confident many young people can be guided to accept themselves and off the path toward experimental medical treatments that might end in sterility and mental health decline. So what do we do with reacting to the announcement? Um, It's critical that we don't react. I emphasize um, that it's one example uh, because it may not be the right one. So that's what we're going to read here and look through here. It's just an example. So careful not to make it um, seem as the only one. Uh, I have spoken with parents who have broken all the rules and saw a positive outcome. Whichever path you take, I hope you will find at least, uh, at least portions of this chapter valuable. This is not a comprehensive guide to parenting. And then um, actually suggests a book. My favorite is Desis, Detrans, and Detox, Getting Your Child Out of the Gender Cult by Maria Keffler. Uh, my purpose here is to highlight some aspects of parenting that are particularly relevant. Um, expect to be challenged in a new way. If IVF and the terrible twos were hard, at least you had the understanding and support of family, friends, and doctors. With Rogue, the rapid onset gender dysphoria, you may feel you're fighting the whole world. 
Not only do they not support and sympathize, they think you're the problem. You're standing in the way of your child's well-being. You're an obstacle to his getting life-saving medical care. You are transphobic. You are making your kids suicide more likely. Your home isn't safe. You probably have people in your life um, who are that misinformed and whose beliefs are that extreme. This may be the most difficult ordeal you've ever faced and it may have a, ter a terrific toll on you. So you must give your some priority to self-care. Having a gender questioning child impacts each family member. By being attentive to your needs, to you help them all, especially the confused child, because his or her healing will be facilitated by a solid connection with you. You are the other half of the equation. It's sometimes hard to believe based on the, their behavior, but your child yearns for attachment to you. I'm not saying it's a poor connection that necessarily caused the gender crisis. I'm saying it's complicated. People are complicated. It's not a linear process and there are multiple factors. I'm saying that a strong connection is a real plus because your kid has been drawn into a world that seeks to disrupt your family bonds. The stronger your bonds, the greater the chance of success. So as a backdrop, I remind you that from the moment you learned you were expecting or adopting, you were focused on the safety and well-being of your child. That was your job, and it's the most important job you'll ever have that doesn't change now. When your child tells you about a new identity, it's a landmark conversation. He or she needs you to be fully present. This is not the time to wash dishes or scroll through email. If your child makes this announcement by text or email, uh, that may be a plus as you've been given some time to process the news. Let, it, let him or her know you appreciate it. But the subject is too important to discuss electronically. You want to speak to them in person. Don't rush the conversation. Uh, the one below is lengthy and might be spread over a num number of sit downs. It's altogether possible that either you or your child cannot tolerate the drawn out exchange described below. Again, every family is different. You may have a very brief initial talk and then not touch on it for months. Try to be patient. It's a process, a marathon, not a sprint. And then keep in mind these things. Your child has probably been anxious about this conversation. This is not easy for them either. Let your child do the talking. Calm listening does not mean agreement. Very important. You are not alone. We are in this together. And I love you. Convey support often. Um, not with the exact these exact words necessarily, but in your own way. So saying that you're not alone. We are in this together. And I love you. Now is the time to gather information, not to argue, no matter how much you disagree. Take the opportunity to plant seeds, knowing they may lie dormant for years before sprouting. You are the adult, the voice of reason and empathy. When in doubt what to say, either say nothing or return to your wish to understand your child. Not the words you speak, but the emotional tone with which you are, uh, they, are, they are speaking makes the deepest impression on your child. So as you navigate this road with your child, you will make mistakes. You're in a foreign country. You don't know the language. You have no GPS. How can you, uh, how can you not make wrong turns? Forgive yourself. They won't be your first mistakes in parenting and they won't be your last. You are not perfect. You have your own issues and worries. Your good moments and bad. Welcome to humanity. So first point here, be present and listen. So example here, Sophia says, there's something I need to tell you. I know you're probably not going to like it, but this is really important to me. I realize that I'm not a girl, I'm a boy. 
my name is Oscar, and you need to start calling me he, him. That's me now. You probably even know, if you know anything about me, that I'm really a boy. It's pretty obvious to all my friends. My teachers have totally accepted it, and they just said that I should tell you about it. Oh, and I've been using the boys' bathroom and locker room at school, and now it's time for you to accept me as your son. Parent. Wow, honey. Okay. Um, this is a lot for me. What I'm hearing is that you don't believe you're a girl. You believe you're a boy. So note, I encourage you to stay calm as much as possible. You can freak out later. It will not be easy, but you must focus on your child and the exchange you are having. It's a whopper. Now is the time for you to demonstrate emotional control. You'll be glad you did. This is difficult for your child. She's worried about your response. And so trust me, she wants your approval, even if she doesn't act like it. She may expect you, your reaction to be negative. This is not the time to blurt out, are you insane? Are you kidding me? Where did you hear this? You may be thinking those things, nothing wrong with that, but keep that to yourself. Does that mean that you're going to be genuine? I mean, or does it mean that you're not going to be genuine? It means you're walking a tightrope, trying to balance authenticity with emotional regulation because the focus must be on your child's emotions right now, not yours. Considering the disturbing things that may come out of your child's mouth, this is not no easy task. But ideally, now is the time for, you, for listening and reassurance. I'm right here with you, and I want to understand. Back to the conversation. Sophia, I really am a boy, and I need you to get it. I've been feeling bad for so long, I didn't know why, and then my friend showed me this website, and it explains everything. It's like it was written about how I have been feeling. Parent, okay. Please be patient with me. I want to understand. You are saying that you're really a boy, not a girl. I'm so sorry that you have been feeling badly for so long. There's a website that seems like it is written about you, how you feel. Okay, please tell me more about this. Back to the notes. Notice the parent does not rephrase or change the content of the child's statement. Instead, she reflects exact wording, giving the child the opportunity to hear her own words. This is called reflective listening. It slows the conversation down to allow for a deeper understanding of concepts that may be confusing not only to you, but to your child. Back to the conversation. Sophia, there's not that much to say. I'm a boy and you need to accept that. Parent, okay. You want to consider you a boy. You want us to consider you a boy and you're behaving and you're living as a boy at school and other places. Sophia, yeah, but they know I'm a boy and you're the last people really who don't know. And it's important for you to know. Parent, Okay, hmm. But when you were born, it was clear you were a girl. Sophia, girl was assigned to me. The doctor assigned that gender to me based on my genitals. My genitals don't define me as a boy or a girl. It's all about how I feel, and I know I'm a boy. Parent, okay. I just want to understand this. This may take me some time, so I hope you can be patient with me. I can't help but wonder, how do you know what it feels like to be a boy? Sophia, well, I just am one. It's not really about feelings. I just know I am. Note, you will hear many answers like that. I just know, or it just is. It means your child has no meaningful response. But this is not the time to point that out. Store the information for future use. Back to the conversation. Parent, I really want to understand this because I see how important it is to you. 
if it's important to you, it's important to me. In my understanding, sex is based on chromosomes and whether a person reproduces with eggs or sperm. Note again, this is gentle challenging and it can go a long way. Present your understanding, but remain the listener engaged and learning. While validating her feelings, there are no wrong feelings, you can gently challenge her beliefs, which certainly may be wrong. It's unlikely she'll agree with you now, but you're planting seeds. Back to the conversation, Sophia. Well, you've just shown that, like, gender is really what defines us. You know, a lot of people get confused by this, so I'm not surprised, especially because you went to school so long ago that you don't understand how science has changed. It really is all about, it, it's really all about, like, you, the doctors. They look at you and they just sort of assign you based on your genitals. That's all they look at. The genitals def definitely don't define me because it's possible to be a boy and have a vagina or to be a girl and have a penis. Parent. Okay, one minute. I want to understand the assigned thing. Can you explain that? First of all, we knew you were a girl from an ultrasound that was done months before you were born. Sophia, that's sex, not gender. They're two different things, parent. So then what do doctors assign at birth? Sophia, silence. Parent, I must admit, I don't understand how an identity can be at odds with a person's body. I mean, I'm short, can I identify as tall? I have brown eyes, can I identify as blue-eyed? I don't understand, maybe it's just me. Sophia, Ugh, I knew you wouldn't understand, forget it. Parent, well honey, I, I see you're frustrated with me. I know we are not on the same page right now, but I hope you don't think we have to give up. It's nice to be on the same page with the people that you love and agree about everything, but as you get older, you realize that it's not realistic. That's only on Netflix. Back to the notes. Here's a chance to model for your child that people can disagree, even about big things, and still have a loving connection. Show her you are able to handle differing opinions and you're never going to say, forget it. Even if there is conflict, you won't abandon her. Try to notice moments of frustration or giving up. Of course, this is hard to do when you're having your own internal reactions. Your child's frustration or anger with you is due to her own anxiety that she wishes to avoid at all costs. So trust me, even though she appears 100% certain, she has doubts. When you express your doubts, they're difficult for her to hear. She wants to be certain. Your doubts threaten her certainty. By hanging in there with her when she's frustrated or perhaps angry, you demonstrate you love her, period. You can tolerate her struggles and you won't walk away. Children and teens, especially those on the autistic spectrum, tend to use what's called black and white thinking. There are only two options, black or white, all or nothing. It's usually not an accurate assessment of reality. You either get it or you don't. If I get a bad grade, I'm stupid. If one person was mean to me at school, my whole day was horrible. If you don't give me what I want right now, you don't love me. Black and white thinking is easy. Considering that gray is more complicated, it means acknowledging nuance and uncertainty. Gender ideology relies on all or nothing thinking. It separates people into good and bad. You accept and affirm blindly, or you are transphobic. You're an ally and safe, or toxic and unsafe. Stereotypes is the next section here. 
back to the conversation, Sophia, I don't know. I just feel something's wrong with me. And I think it's because I'm really a boy parent. Can you tell me what if what you feels wrong to you? Um, what would be better if, if you were a boy, Sophia? I have felt this way all my life, but I was so scared to tell anybody about it. I knew from the time I was little and I liked playing with Tonka trucks. You remember? I love those Tonka trucks. They were so much fun, but I knew if I told people that I was actually a boy, they would think I was crazy. So I never told anybody. Parent. Well, it's interesting because that really is a stereotype, isn't it? It's sort of a stereotype that boys like a, to play with Tonka trucks and that girls like to play with dolls. Sophia. I know, it's so hard. I have some friends, you know, that um, they were assigned male at birth and they're girls and like it's so hard because they just want to wear some, you know, makeup. They just want to wear cute dresses. I share some of my makeup with some of my friends because their parents wouldn't buy it for them. And they're just as so much happier now that they are able to be, be really be themselves. And it's so sad that it, society is so mean that if you want to, you know, be with their true selves as girls, that they get discriminated against. So being transgender is so simple, really. It's just when you've been assigned one sex and you know that you're the opposite sex, you're making it too hard, I think, parent. I'm trying to understand. I really am. But how do you know that you're the opposite sex when you've never been the opposite sex? And hang on just a minute. Uh, for your answer, because I'm I'm thinking about my own experience. I've never lived life from anybody else's perspective but my own. I've only lived it as a female um, self. I've never lived it as Sophia. Sophia, Oscar, can you please not misgender me, parent? Okay, I hear you, and we'll talk about it in a minute. I've never lived as you. I never lived it as your dad. I've never experienced life from any perspective of my own. So how would I know what it feels like to be you? How would I know what it feels like to be a man? How can you know what it feels like to be somebody other than you? Sophia shrugs her shoulders. I don't know, whatever. Parent, back to the notes. You've planted a seed of doubt regarding knowing you are the opposite sex. Leave it alone for now. You will have other chances to return to it and plant other seeds of doubt. There are many nonsensical teachings in the belief system to which your child has fallen prey. <clears throat> Some of my favorites. Um, if gender is fluid through the lifespan, why make it irrever make irreversible changes? Uh, why are detransitioners ignored, even demonized? Is gender only fluid in one direction? Um, how can a condition require drastic medical interventions but not be a disorder? Can you think of any other circumstance calling for lifelong prescription medications and major surgery that has no medical diagnosis? Back to the dialogue. Parent. Okay. Is it okay to go back to the trucks? Sophia, I guess so. Parent. I can't help but think of your Aunt Liz. She's a mechanical engineer. I don't even think um, she owns a dress. She has always been passionate about being a strong, independent woman. I think she would even be offended if we um, said she might be a man. Growing up, she had short hair. She loved fishing and chasing frogs and making sure she could climb higher than any other kid in the neighborhood, especially the boys. But that didn't make her any less of a girl. And she loves her cousins and being a mom. 
What if when she was your age, someone had told her she was a boy and she has had transitioned and never had kids? Sophia, I don't know. I, I guess I never thought about Aunt Liz and, um, when she was a kid, but she should have been able to do whatever she wanted, parent. I agree, but I don't think anyone should suggest she's not a girl. If she was a student today, would friends at school suggest she changed her pronouns or her name? Sophia, well, maybe. It would depend on how she felt. Parent, but honey, feelings change. What I don't get is if someone told Aunt Liz that she was a boy because she lived like short hair and catching frogs or climbing trees and she became convinced of that, well, then she may have taken a path a long time ago that she may regret today. Sophia, I don't know. Parent, it's okay, honey. You see, I think this is more complicated than you may think. We will figure this out together as we both learn more. Sophia, what about shopping for boys' clothes? And I want a haircut. Parent. I hear you. We'll figure that out too. Give me some time here. This is a lot to absorb all at once. Back to the notes. Adolescence and young adulthood are times of trying different modes of being and of presenting oneself. Modeling people he or she admires. You know, your child will appropriate pieces of their identities. Hairstyle, makeup, outfits. I know it frightened you. One option, of course, is androgynous styles. But clothing and hair can become a major point of contention and you may wisely decide to pick your battles better your daughter get a buzz cut than wear a binder tell yourself she's trying on being a boy and remember she's uncertain but wants to appear certain so don't be misled next section here talks about statistics studies and suicide if your child wants to talk about statistics and percentages that's fine but don't let it distract you from your goal your goal is to listen and to stay curious. Your child may bring up studies because she wants to convince you and more importantly, convince herself. This conversation is not about numbers, statistics, or research. It's not about winning any argument. This is not the time to run to Google and prove her wrong. That will push her away. You're on the same team. So express interest, compliment her for doing some research. Back to the dialogue, Sophia, mom, it's amazing how many transgender people kill themselves. It's so hard, and that's why I hope you can accept that I'm your son. Parent. I can see that you're really having a hard time with this. And I'm sorry. I don't want you to, to be in pain. Tell me more about all the suicides. Sophia. Oh, yeah. It's like 50% of us end up attempting suicide. Because it's so hard being transgender in a world that is transphobic. Parent. 50%? That's terrible. I have to find out more about that. What's most important to me right now is you. Do you feel that badly? I mean, are you thinking about hurting yourself? Sophia, no, I wouldn't do that. Don't worry. But what's really bothering me, mom, and this is OMG, oh, so awkward. No, never mind. I can't. Parent, oh, honey, I'm sorry this is so hard, but I hope you can tell me. I really want to, uh, to know what's on your mind. I want to understand. Maybe I can even help. Sophia, well, I just hate my body. I can't even tell you how much I hate it. Like my chest is getting big and the boys are looking and I hate it, mom. I hate it so much, parent. Oh yes, I understand. I remember that. I developed earlier than my friends. It was awful. 
Sophia. I hate it. And I wasn't going to tell you, but I've been using an ace bandage to make my chest flat like a boy. I want them cut off. I hate them. Notes. This is difficult to hear. A punch in the gut. You counted her fingers and toes over and over when she was born, and now she loathes her body to such an alarming degree. Take a deep breath. She's not going to, to the operating room tomorrow. Sharing these feelings with you is a positive thing. This is what you want. A minute ago, she feared sharing her distress. Now is an opportunity to acknowledge it was hard for you, her, and you are so glad she did. Back to the dialogue. Parent. Oh, gosh, that sounds horrible. I believe you, and thank you for telling me. We have to talk about more about the ace bandage. Maybe I can take you get to get a sports bra. You probably feel like you're the only only one going through this, but you're not. Sophia, how did you get through all of it? The chest, the periods, and all of a sudden the guys are looking. I just hate it. I just want to go back to when I was a little kid. Parent, I understand. I want to say... And I hope you believe me, your feelings are temporary. They really are. The discomfort is so temporary, and it's part of puberty, and it's normal, and everybody feels it to some degree and wants to escape it. It is so normal wanting to do anything to make it stop. But it doesn't mean you're not a girl. It means you're going through a hard time. There are ways to get through it. There are ways to feel better. But sometimes in life, stuff happens. And you just have to suck it up and say, well, I'm going to be a mess for a while until I get through this. Back to the notes. Your job is to be there through the many challenges she will experience, not to take them away. In fact, that can, be, uh, that can do more harm than good. Life is full of struggle. There will be many storms. She must learn to cope with negative emotions like distress, shame, and uncertainty. You are by her side right now. Not eliminating the difficulty, but helping her through it. In the process, she will gain the confidence to tolerate future hardships. Next section. You are not transphobic. The dialogue. Sophia. So you're going to call me Oscar, right? And he, him. Parent. We're not making any decisions right now. I know you want this to happen at once, but this is the first time I'm hearing about it, all this, and I need to do a, little, a lot of research and thinking. Sophia. What? But it's just a name and pronouns. What's the big deal? Parent. I know this isn't what you wanted to hear and you're disappointed. Sophia. Why? Why won't you call me uh, Oscar? Everybody does. Parent. I'll try to explain. First, I want to tell you something fascinating I read recently about names. When people are in the later stages of dementia, they may forget absolutely everything. They don't recognize their spouse or children but they respond to their name. So a name is a very deep thing. The other thing I want you to know is when your dad and I discovered we were pregnant with you, we began to think of possible boy and girl names, but nothing felt right. Then, as you know, your grandmother suddenly died. We were in shock. It was very hard. She was the kindest, most generous, loving person I ever knew. We stopped thinking about names for a while because we were grieving. We just loved her so much, and suddenly she was gone. Then we found out that we were having a girl, you. And immediately we both knew, even without talking about it, we were certain we'd give you her name. When we made that decision, it was like holding on to a part of her. The grief was a bit lighter. And at your official baby naming, we sensed she was smiling down on us. Your name is not random. 
So for us, it is filling, filled with meaning. I know you're going through a hard time and it's probably difficult to step outside of yourself and think of us, but I'm asking you to do that. Your name has a history. It has memories and significance. It's not something we will erase, Sophia. Okay. But when you picked that name, you didn't know I was a boy. And when you keep saying I was a girl and calling me a girl name, that's transphobic. Pause here. At this point, you can stop the conversation momentarily because name calling is not okay. Back to the dialogue, parent. Calling me names is disrespectful. And that's not allowed in our family. So please don't do that. If I was transphobic, it would mean I fear transgender people. I do not. What I fear is the harm that may come to you um, if you go down a path that might lead to medical interventions. I fear that going down this path will close doors for you that you may regret, like Aunt Liz would have closed doors. I want the best future that you can have, healthy and happy and fulfilled. I want you to have as few doctor's appointments as possible. It's awfully unfair for you to call me transphobic, Sophia. Well, okay. But if you really loved me and my authentic self, then you would totally affirm me. Parent, I do love you and wonder how you can doubt that for a second, but I believe this is more complicated than you think and that there are many more solutions um, than the one that you know uh, and want so much. Sophia, that's right. There's only there's one solution. It's not complicated all, at all. I am Oscar and I don't know why you're being like this. You were always so supportive of the LGBTQ plus parent. Sounds like you believe loving someone means agreeing with everything they want. Remember we just spoke about that. Sophia, yeah, I guess so, parent. Getting back to your name, I want to remind you that all of us have strong feelings about one thing or another, and that includes me and your dad. We have strong feelings about the name we picked for you. It's important for you to step away from your strong feelings about being called Oscar if only momentarily, and respect our strong feelings. To do that is a sign of maturity. It's also a sign of love. You know, I'm wondering, what if, what if, uh, what if might change your mind about um, this at some point? And Sophia, I'm not going to change my mind. That would be silly. I mean, I've thought about this. It's not like I just thought of it yesterday. I've felt like this my whole life, and I'm not going to change my mind. I've researched it. I've talked to a lot of people, and all the people in my after-school club that I go to are like, this is definitely the right path, and so there's no way I'm going to change. Like, I know you worry because sometimes I'm kind of impulsive, but this time I've researched this. I've really researched it, parent. Do you know of anybody who's changed their mind about transitioning? Sophia, no. I know there's some videos out. There are some D-trans people who pretend that to be trans and then were like, oh, I made a mistake, but they weren't really trans, obviously, because they didn't stick with it. So just because somebody else makes a bad choice doesn't mean it's a bad choice for me, parent. I'm going to tell you something you never knew about me, but when I was 18, I almost got married. I was in love. Sophia, what? Parent, I thought he's the one. I was absolutely in love with him. And he wanted to get married. We were at college, but we were like, oh, we can totally make this work. I was about to marry him. And before it happened, I found out I was not the only girl he was seeing. I was heartbroken. I cried for weeks. But I look back on that and I think, wow, I'm really glad I found out. Sophia, that happened to a friend of mine. 
she was going out with this guy and he was all like all she'd talk about and then she she found out he had a whole bunch of other girlfriends parent oh that must have been painful sophia it was i guess sometimes bad things happen pause here a moment like this when you're both genuine sharing and on the same page is special it diffuses the earlier tension savor it back to the dialogue parent you can say that again but bad things do happen well, there's a lesson here you can uh, want something so much right and then realize later wow even though i wanted that uh, it wouldn't have been uh bad it would have been bad for me this is my concern about what you're telling me about your being a boy I'm saying, hold on, this is huge. Probably the biggest decision you will make in your life and big decisions need to be deeply considered. Pause. You planted a seed when you described the big mistake you nearly made. If you almost made a huge error in judgment, she's probably capable of that as well. Back to dialogue, Sophia. Actually, there's something else I wanna tell you. Parent, sure. Sophia, well, I have a boyfriend. Parent, oh really, tell me more, who is he? Sophia. His name is Saturn. He's in my class and he's so cool. He was assigned female at birth, but he's non-binary. We are gay. Pause. Your daughter is telling you she's in a relationship with another girl and they considered themselves gay guys. You think she was joking, but she's dead serious. You hear this and you cannot wrap your brain around it. Well, of course you can. It's fiction, delusional, fantasy. Unfortunately, your daughter has fallen into it. There will be times you understandably want to grab her shoulders and shake some sense into her for regurgitating this idiotic beliefs, but you will restrain yourself. A mother told me that when her son insisted he's not attracted to guys, and in this next sentence said how happy he is with his girlfriend, a six-foot strapping young man on estrogen, she bit her tongue so hard it bled. She knew if she reacted in that moment with her strong emotions, it would threaten their connection. And connection is what it's all about. Even when you think you're losing your mind. Back to the dialogue. Parent. That sounds interesting. How long have you been an item? Sophia. Only a week, but he's totally cool. Parent. I'm so glad you told me. Because I want to know what's going on in your life. Getting back to your new identity, do you see it as a very big decision? Sophia. Yes. Parent. I'm glad you realized that. I'm proud of you for seeing that. Sophia. So are you going to call me Oscar? Parent, no, because that would be taking the first step onto a path that's full of unknowns. And it might be hard to get off. But I promise you, we are going to fully research everything. We're going to find out what the experts are saying and if there's a debate about any of this. And as your dad and I study this and talk about this with you, I hope you'll be open to hearing what we have to say without throwing slurs at us, calling us transphobic, for asking questions. It's really unfair. When you throw something this big at us, we're going to have questions and it's not transphobic to ask questions. Sophia. It's hard because everybody at school says if your parents really love you, then you'll they'll go ahead and they'll support you. And some kids, they even get parties when they come out. Their parents are really excited about it. But that kind of stinks because you're not really excited and you're not really supporting me in this. Parent. Let's look at the word support. You said, if I loved you, I would agree to this. And I take exception to that because always saying yes isn't love. If that was love, you could hire someone whose job would be to always agree with you and give you whatever you want at the moment. 
Is that love? Love is more complicated than that, trust me, Sophia. Well, I'm going to give you all the research, and I know you'll be like, okay, this is definitely what's going to be best for Oscar. Then you'll go ahead and follow the recommendations of all the experts. Parent, I'll read the research, both what you give me and what I find, but it's going to take some time. It's going to be a process. I'm not going, going online for an hour and then deciding on my position. This is a big thing with huge consequences. Sophia, well, I have so much to share with you. I'm super excited for you to read it because I, I think it's going to blow your mind. You're going to be like, wow, this is so different from what I learned in school. Like, so much has progressed since then. So I'm super, super excited for you to read it. Parent, I'm excited too. Thank you for trusting me with all this personal information. I'm sorry that I didn't respond the way you wish, um, but I love you, and that will never change. So pause here. I can't say how this will pan out for your family. You may be lucky, like the parents of my patient Rosa, she did a 180 from her boy identity in about six months. Or maybe your kid will be like Charlie. He realized after a few years that it was okay to have feminine qualities and be vastly different from his father and brothers. He could be himself without becoming a girl, as if that's even possible. You may be in for a lengthy ordeal that lasts years and includes psych psychiatric hospitalizations and struggles with therapists, family, and schools. Your mental health may take a major hit. Your marriage may falter. You may need legal representation. And yes, your child may end up with a new voice, a flat chest, someone you don't recognize, and your dreams for grandchildren destroyed. That's possible too. You may have a few battles ahead or a full war. I can't say, but I can tell you one thing for sure. Lasagna will never taste the same. Thank you for tuning in to the Healing Lives with Corey Gilbert podcast. It has been an honor to serve. If you are struggling, have questions, or in need, Dr. Gilbert offers a free consultation for new clients. Check us out at HealingLives.com to book a call. If this has been helpful to you, please share it, leave a review, and help us get the word out so that we can see lives changed, marriages transformed, and more people come into a life-changing relationship with Jesus Christ. The Healing Lives Center offers online courses, programs, books, intensives, and other services to help you live biblically and well. Discover more resources on YouTube and in Dr. Gilbert's Healing Marriage Facebook group, The Healing Marriage.